Amen. Well, good morning. Make sure this isn't going to keep slipping down on me. Well, happy Mother's Day to all the moms. It's uh, moms are amazing, so it's good to see. They teach us a lot. They teach us about our lives, and there's so many proverbs about listening to your mama, uh, and how it won't go well with you if you don't, for a number of reasons. But um, you know, inspired by that, I was looking at and want to make sure. Really, moms teach us so much about love, right? I mean, they, they, this unconditional love oftentimes. But the reality is, you know, it is Mother's Day, and, and I do want to recognize that not everybody has um, had a great relationship with their mom. Sometimes there's estrangement. Sometimes the, the, we've lost our moms, I mean, in situations like that. And I do want to recognize that and, and understand that sometimes it can be hard for different people um, to be celebrating Mother's Day. But in general, we look at moms, and, and moms do. They teach us so much about the love of God. They teach us about uh, what it is to be compassionate and gentle and kind. You know, and that's not saying dads can't teach those things too, but we tend to often learn those things from moms. They're great at teaching us those. You know, we're going to read uh, today. Go ahead and turn over to Psalm 103. I want to read a, a good section of this psalm because I think what we'll see is the heart of God, but I think can easily also relate to uh, two moms, you know, and, and I think they teach us some of these same qualities. But in Psalm 103, this is actually a great song. I was like, oh, let's sing this song. And Kristen goes, ah, you need... You need instruments and all these other things. We can't do that. Uh, we can't do that this time. I said, oh, man. Hey, man. This is a great song. But Psalm 103, it starts this way. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your sins, and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, His deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will He harbor His anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His love for those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, So far has He removed our transgressions from us. And as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear Him. For He knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. You know, God truly is the perfect parent. And while we we use the, 
the paternal sense and we call Him Father. There's so many aspects of God that really do come from, that we can relate so much more in the maternal sense. What's, what's interesting, today we're going to look at the, the heart and compassion of God. Right? And so if you're taking notes, if you're, you're going to title this, it's Stitches, Kisses, and Wishes. The Gifts of Compassion. Right? If, uh, definitely you get a lot of those from mom too. But the Hebrew word for compassion is it's interesting. It's, let me see if I can get this right. It's racham. But the, 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 where that root word comes from actually is, is very similar. But the root word it comes from actually is, is the word, Hebrew word for womb. What's so interesting is that it comes from the concept of womb first is where compassion comes from. You know, to extend compassion to a person means that you, you take their hurts, you take them within yourself. There's an aspect where you, you, you've got to think about them and bring them, whether it's into you, into your heart, whatever it is, to find a, a place where you would care. You carry them with you. You know, in the womb, a child is protected, nurtured, and provided for from mom. You know, when someone is in the compassion of God, the suffering are protected, the nurtured are given what's good for them, and they're carried until they're strong enough to walk on their own, to, to leave and, and be out on their own. And in a with just like in the womb, if you keep the child a little too long, it can can actually be counterproductive and even harmful. But in the compassion of God, whether it's the compassion of God or the compassion of one another, we find a, a place to be nurtured and loved and cared for, given what we're needed. Right? When when you extend compassion to someone else, and so three points today: stitches, kisses, and wishes. Stitches is the compassion to bind up wounds. Kisses is the compassion to provide affection and assurance after failure. Wishes is the compassion gives vision and a belief in the person or in the others that you're thinking of. You know, and so when we think about what compassion means, what does it mean? Compassion means that, that you sympathize or you empathize with a person who's suffering. Right? And your desire is to alleviate it. Your desire is to alleviate suffering when you're compassionate. The New Testament tells us that Jesus was compassionate. Right? As He looked upon the crowds who were coming to Him and constantly following Him. Many were desperate for compassion. You've got leopards. You've got the lame. You've got the blind. You've got people screaming and crying out in the streets. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Right? They're, they're crying, crying out. Please have mercy on me. There would be rich young men. Rich people would come to Jesus. Right? And He'd have compassion on them too. But what's interesting is that the compassion wasn't always this gentle, loving response sometimes. Right? The rich young man that came to Jesus, Jesus told him, he goes, sell, he gives him 
probably the hardest challenge of his life. Sell everything you have and come and follow me. Get rid of all of your wealth and come and follow me. Because sometimes the compassionate thing to do is to say the hard things as well, right? It's one of the most compassionate things sometimes that Jesus did for people. And, and I think I can relate to that as a guy sometimes. Sometimes you just, I'm not, it's not always a mushy thing. Sometimes it's a hard thing you have to do. But it takes compassion. For me, when I see, you know, I think of, of there are times where if you see someone suffering, you just want to give them a hug. You want to just hold them and, and, and comfort them. Uh, sometimes you see someone suffering and for me, there's times where when Kristen's upset about something or she's feeling really hurt, um, if, if it's not my fault, uh, that does happen. Uh, but you know, there are times where my desire is to like crush whatever's hurting her. I'm like, I don't just want to like, I'm so sorry you're hurting. I'm like, I just, I wish I could like just crush beat it to a pulp, like, make it hurt for hurting you. Because that's how, I'm like, you do not hurt those that I love, right? My, my desire is to bring relief, and sometimes that bringing relief is to attack what's harming, right? And that's still compassionate too, just not on the one that's receiving. Uh, but, you know, we look at, at that, it's inspired by compassion, it's inspired by love. And so today what I want to look at is these qualities... Of God. And so point one is, is stitches. You've got a Bible with you. Like I said, we're going to look again in Psalm 103. We're going to just read briefly verse 1 through 4 again. And he says, Praise the Lord, O my soul. My, all my inmost being, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who crowns you with love and compassion. You know, the compassion of God has done so much for us. When we look at the love of God, what's it done? And and I love when you read the psalmist and, and anybody read through the psalms and then try to like, for me, when I read this, I, sometimes I'll, I'll read it and be, he says, praise the Lord, O my soul. You, have you guys ever stopped and just like tried to talk to your soul? Because he's like, he's like, no, no, no. He, he's talking in, to himself, his inmost being, saying, praise his name for what he's done to you. Like, what he's done for you is you are crowned with compassion. And he, he talks about how he says, uh, that He heals all of our soul's diseases. In, in Psalm 147, verse 3, He says, He heals the broken in heart and binds up their wounds. Right? And, and I think of, of how love and compassion drives us to the desire to, to bring relief. And, and I think of, originally the first one was... was uh, it was band-aids, kisses, and wishes. And I was like, ah, that doesn't go quite as well. Let's go with stitches. You know, because occasionally moms will take their kids in for stitches. Uh, I've had a few. But you think about it. When you, when you got hurt, I mean, it was when we got hurt as a child, 
you got a bad scrape, you, you busted your elbows or your knees or something like that, and you, you, who do you run to, right? You run to your parents and you're like, ah, you know, my nephews, well, it's really funny, there was a time my nephew, he would like fall and he'd start crying and I'm like, are you bleeding? Are you bleeding? And he'd be like, no. I'm like, then you're all right. You know, now obviously there's some things that you can break and you don't bleed, but I generally know he's just falling and having a hard time. Well, he fell this one time and he, he like caught his hand on a rock and this tiny little trickle of blood came out and then he, he lost it. He's like, I'm bleeding! I'm bleeding! I was like, you're okay. You're all right. You're okay. You know, grabbed a Band-Aid, cleaned it, put it on there, you know, and I'm like, you're going to be all right. You're going to be okay, you know. Um, but the same thing, there's times where I run to, I've gone to, I'm falling, and I think of, this scripture reminds me, when it talks about he's pulled you out of the pit, um, you know, at the scene of the, the old animated jungle book, Mowgli climbs up this tree, right? And at the very end, he like falls out of this tree into water and all of that. Um, and there was this tree, I was out hunting with my dad, and there was this tree, I was with my cousin Neil, that I decided, I want to climb up this tree, and it kind of overhangs this pit, literally a pit. Um, and I'm crawling up this tree, and it was just like the movie, because I'm on this branch that's overhanging, and I fall straight down into this pit. And the problem is, is in this pit was a lot of thorns. And in Texas, you know, thorns are no joke. I mean, we think of like, oh, thorns, like raspberry bushes have thorns. Those are some serious thorns. We're talking like little thorns are like, you know, half inch to like two inch long thorns. Um, and I fall into this pit and I'm like, I'm wearing, luckily my dad put me in one of those camo jumpsuits, like a camo onesie sort of a thing, Uh, and it was thick. So I got out, and I'm feeling like, okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. But what I realized that night, this was on a Saturday, stayed the night there, Saturday night, I woke up, and I couldn't sleep on my back all night long. It It just hurt, something hurt. I get home, and I'm probably five, and I still remember this. And I remember my my mom... I had to take a bath or something, and there ended up being like a little bit of blood in the bathtub. And she's like, are you okay? I'm like, I think so. And she goes, let me look at you. And I had blood on my back. And she ends up saying, she's like, stand right here, do not move. And she grabs tweezers, and she ends up pulling like an inch and a half, two inch thorn right out of my back that was in my spine. And it was just one of those things that was like, it hurt when she pulled it out. It was uncomfortable when I moved in certain ways. But my mom desired to bring relief and compassion, right? She's like, she loves me. She's, she knew I was uncomfortable. And there's times where God, you know, I pulled myself out of that pit, but the effects of it still stayed with me, right? And there are times where we may get out of certain things, but the effects of what we've been through stay with us. And God's desire is to, to bind up our wounds and to heal the brokenhearted because of His great and enduring love for us. Right? To bind us up. You know, I just think about what that means for me. I think of what it means for my son too when I think of James. The other day he pulled, I'm 
going through some stories. Not the other day. This was, he was like nine months, ten months old. He was just starting to like walk and pull up on things. And so many of you know James. He pulled down one of the chairs in our dining room on top of himself, right? And he gets a little busted lip on the inside and he was just distraught, you know? And I'm like, I pick him up and, and I'm like, oh no, you know, he's, and it wasn't like, uh, ah, you know, he's like really, he hurt himself. He is actually bleeding. He's got a cut in his mouth, da, 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 da. But I'm like, he'll be okay. And then Kristen's like, just give him to me. You know, she just wants him because it's like, she just wants to, to hold him and be there. And the thing that I have to remember is, and I desire to bring relief. As much as I love my son, which is a lot, God loves me and He loves you infinitely more than that. Right? Desiring to bring relief and to bind up the wounds. You know, stitches. Kisses is point two. And as we go through these, that really what you want to think is, just kind of take it in. There's not a practical that I can give you from that. It's more just take in God's love for you. But point two is kisses. And we're going to look at Luke 15. If you can head over there. He's with me. You know, in Luke 15, what we're about to look at is the story of the prodigal son. And, and a lot of us know this story. Some of us don't, so I'll give a little background. You know, there's this young guy. And he has a brother. But his father is a, is a, seems to be a pretty wealthy landowner. And he tells his dad, he decides he doesn't want to live under his dad anymore. He, he goes to him and he says, Dad, give me my inheritance now. I want my inheritance now. Now, to say I want my inheritance, typically you don't get your inheritance until somebody else dies, right? So that's kind of cold. He's like, I'm, I'm happy if you were just dead. Go ahead and give me my half now. Uh, but he, he takes it. His father gives it to him. Gives him his portion of, of his wealth. Gives it to him. And the son goes away. He takes the wealth and he goes out and he squanders it. He, he spends it on, it says, wild living. You know, you can... And for what that might mean, I mean, just, he goes crazy, spends all of his money, loses it all, and then he ends up having to work as a farmhand, going from being the son of a wealthy landowner to being a farmhand who's feeding pigs in a time of famine, where his desire, he's so hungry, he just wants to eat the pig's food. I mean, he's like, I want to eat the slop that the pigs are eating. And then he goes, I am out of my mind. It says he gets back into his right mind. And he goes, my father is a good man. I have no food to eat. And my father's servants have food to eat. Right? And so we're going to pick up here and, and look at this son's reaction and the father's reaction to him. In verse 17. It says, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. 
But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe, put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. You know, this idea of of kisses. You you think about... You know, God is the parent in this story. In this parable that's being told, God's the parent. But he's saying, notice how the, the compassion, though, leads the Father. It says, He... He ran out to him, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Right? Now, one of the things I take note of is he was a long way off, so I'm guessing maybe he had a really long driveway or something. Uh, But from a long way off, he could see that his son was in a bad place. You know, he didn't have shoes on. It seemed like he didn't have many clothes. He told him to put a robe on he had, he had nothing left, really. I mean, he, he probably looked rough because from a long way off, he could tell that his son needed him. He runs up and he just kisses his son. And he takes him in his arms and, and just loves him. And what does his son do? His son just goes, I'm not worthy. I've sinned against you. Just make me a servant. Right? Just feeling completely worthless and unworthy. Just saying, please, just let me work for you. And, and the father just goes, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lavish you with gifts right now. You're hungry? I'm going to kill the fattened calf. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to give you some jewels again. I'm going to give you a robe to wear and things for your feet. And, and it was the, an assurance of his love. Right? You know, when I think of, of God's, God's love, do you, do you ever consider what it's like to be in the arms of God? You know, um, to be in the arms of one you love. And that's a better way to put it. Because, you know, sometimes as a guy, I mean, I'm, I'm a little weird. If you know me, you know that. I really like hugs, right? So I, I give the, the long, awkward hugs. If you don't know me, uh, I'll try not to hug you until I know you better. But I, I'm known for that. But for me, it's, it's something that's it means a lot. I feel the, the comfort, and I want to convey the comfort that comes from that. Right? And not everybody's like that. Some people, their bubble is, you know, shake a hand, and that's, I feel very respected and cared for by you right now. You know, and, and they're like, that's enough affection. Um, and that's okay. If that's, that's who you are, you know. But I think God's love, I think all of us, regardless of maybe your bubble is that way, it's probably not that way with everyone. Right? It's probably not that way with everyone. You probably have people that you want to be close. You have someone that you want to bring close. And, and realizing that God wants to bring you close. That God's desire and, and is to bring compassion and love and affirming uh, affection and assurance of His love, right? 
you know, it's, it's one of those things where... And, and there's a number of us that maybe we feel like, yeah, I got it, God loves me. But you might be thinking, even if I confess all my sin, right, and seek God's mercy... I'm going to be forever stuck in this hole. I'm going to always be imperfect. And God's going, I don't see that. Gives you a kiss. I love you. You don't know. It's just like the son said, I'm unworthy. Right? God's going, nope. You're my child. I love you so much. You know, someone else may say, I'm never going to get better. I'm messed up. I'm always going to be messed up. And that's just how it's going to be. And God's going, no, I've got the cure for all your soul's diseases. Right? To bind up your wounds. I've got a kiss for you. It's going to be alright. You know? The University of Pittsburgh did a study. It actually said that uh, they found that a mom's kisses work just as well as some like homeopathic medicine. Right? It's like a mom's kiss. If your mom, you're like, you're hurt? You're like, my mom used to do that. She'd be like, I'd get hurt and she'd go, do you want me to kiss? And I'd be like, yes. You know? Uh, it just feels better. There's something about it. Uh, and it's, it's all, it's, it's in your head, you know? But it brings relief. The, the love of a parent brings relief, right? It just seems to make you feel better. And, I think it's important for us to understand that God, even when we're going, I'm unworthy, I'm unworthy, I don't deserve it, God's going, just be quiet. Wear the robe. Put the ring on. Alright? Eat some barbecue. Okay? Like, I, I love you. Be warm. Be well fed. I care for you so much. And you will never ever know the extent of how I love for you. And any parent in this room, as you, you know your kids, you know how you love your child, you don't love your child nearly as much as God loves you. Or loves your child. Which is so, like, mind-blowing to think about. That God loves you that much. Not, I mean, it's unfathomable. But that's just the way God is. You know, do you realize... God's love for you? I don't think any of us really do. But what do we do with it? You know, this son came home. How much, how humble do you think he was to the Father for the rest of his life? The extravagant love. He's like, I wasted everything you gave me. I said, I pretty much told you I wish you were dead. And then, Dad, you come home and you kiss me and you hug me and you... You want to feed me and give me a place in your home again? What do you think God feels for you? Right? So much more love than we can understand. What do, you, what do you do with it? That's really what I want you to ask yourself this morning is, what do I do with the extravagant love God has for me? You know, and the thing that's funny is the father let his son go. He gave him the money. He let him fail. And there will be times God will let you fail and go through hardship. Right? Because sometimes the compassionate thing is to let the hard things happen. To let people learn consequence for their actions and have to deal with consequence of their actions. 
Because while it's hard to watch, sometimes that's the best thing that can happen to them. Right? Because we know, as family, we want to be there for each other. God will go, I'll be there for you, but you need to learn this lesson. And that's a compassionate thing to do as well. Point three. Wishes. Turn over to Zechariah. Zechariah. So studying this one out, I'm like, I am going to study Zechariah. I, th- I think I've, I want to read through this one. I haven't read Zechariah in a, in a while. And as I was reading through and making sure I had the context for Zechariah, it's, it's you know, I, I'm not... I was so encouraged and inspired because Zechariah is so much a prophecy and a foretelling of Jesus. And he's talking so much about the coming of the Lord, the coming of the Messiah, who He's going to be. And, but listen to what God writes to His people. And, and what He's speaking through the prophet. In verse 6 of chapter 10, See, a little context. The people of Israel have been scattered all over the place. They've been taken into slavery at different points. They've been oppressed. There's been so much going on uh, it, that it's been, it's been hard for Israel. It's been hard for the Jewish people. But this is what God writes in verse 6. He says, I will strengthen the house of Judah and save the house of Joseph. I will restore them because I have compassion on them. They will be as though I had not rejected them. For I am the Lord their God and I will answer them. The Ephraimites will become like mighty men. Their hearts will be glad as with wine. Their children will see it and be joyful. Their hearts will rejoice in the Lord. I will signal for them and gather them. Surely I will redeem them. They will be as numerous as before. Though I scatter them among the peoples, yet in distant lands, they will remember me. They and their children will survive, and they will return. And I will bring them back from Egypt, and gather them from Assyria. I will bring them from Gilead and Lebanon, and there will not be room enough for them. They will pass through the sea of trouble. The surging sea will be subdued, and all the depths of the Nile will dry up. Assyria's pride will be brought down, and the Egypt's scepter will pass away. I will strengthen them in the Lord, and in His name they will walk, declares the Lord. You know, wishes... When you read Zechariah, when I read Zechariah, one of the things that I see is God has a vision and a dream for His people. Right? You ever, do you, you ever wish someone the best and really meant you want them to do well? That, that love, that compassion you have, even the act of compassion, if someone's hurting, right? So if, if someone's hurting and you see them and you have compassion on them and you go to extend relief, don't you have to have a, a vision in mind for what you want to see them become? Like, if they're sick, you want them to be well. If they're hurting, you want them to have relief. Right? You, want, you, you immediately have a vision or an idea or a hope or a wish of what you want for that individual. 
And that's part of love and compassion. It comes from having a vision for Him. You know, Jeremiah 20, 29, 11, and 12, while it's not exactly written for us, it says for, for us being, uh, it's a specific promise to Israel. But I think it shows the heart of God. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to, to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Right? Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. But I, I look at, at the scripture and it shows the heart of God saying, I have compassion on you. I wanna, I'm going to bring this in in a minute, but I have dreams and hopes for my son. Right? My mom, when I was young, she would tell me from, I don't know, I was at least 10. She would start telling me, she's like, I'm praying for your wife. And at 10, you're like, that's weird. You know? Um, and just, you're like, okay. That's odd. And girls. Okay. Uh, but she would tell me that all the time. She's like, she would tell me, I'm praying for your wife. I'm praying that she's going to be a, a faithful Christian woman who's going to be faithful to you all your life. And you know what's great? That prayer came true. Right? I got that one. Uh, but I think my mom had a wish and a hope and a dream and a vision for me in my life. Do you, do you know that God has a hope and a dream and a, a vision for your life? Something great. And the only thing that stands in the way is us choosing not to come back to Him. Us choosing to, to stay with sin and in a place away from Him. And He's going, you don't know the plans I have for you. How I want to prosper you, not to harm you. And, and that doesn't mean hard things won't happen. But He's going, but I want to help you and care for you. I have wishes. I wish you the best, my child. Really, my hope today is that you will go home and reflect. You'll go home and think about the love and compassion that God has for you. I hope you'll consider what that means to you. If you've been walking away and, and not really caring or thinking that I don't want to be, uh, I don't really care to be with God, I hope you'll, you'll think, maybe even spend some time thinking about the cross and what the cross means. Because God loves you more than you can fathom. As far as the east is from the west, he's, He can take your sins away. He loves you so much greater than you can imagine. And the things He wishes to, to bless you with are beyond your reach. Right? I hope you'll pray about it and think about how much God loves you this week. And I also just want to say, moms, thank you for the way that you teach us love. And you teach us compassion. Thank you for all the ways you teach us about God. But please spend time in prayer this week thinking about this. Amen. Love you.